love for God and neighbor. What that means is that the goal for us as Christians is more than getting to heaven. We don't believe in a getting to heaven kind of faith where on some Sunday morning at some point in life we've come and knelt and gotten a ticket and we can go and do whatever and be whatever and then suddenly when St. Peter at the pearly gates sees us, we present the ticket and say, here it is. We believe in a faith that is a whole life kind of faith that is more than simply going to heaven when we die. In the words of Jesus, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I want you to hear those words and let them sink in. It is the reason why Jesus has come. It's the reason why we pay attention to his teaching. He is the Savior of the world who has come so that we may not just live and survive, but that in some way this life that we lead as men and women of faith may be conceived of as abundant. So what do we mean? when we talk about abundant life. As I've said, when the greatest commandment in Mark chapter 12 uh, is identified by Jesus, he begins with this great statement of faith, the Shema, Hear, O Israel, the Lord, our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. And the second that's like unto it You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no greater commandment than these. What I love about this text and what I love about the goal of abundant life in general is that it speaks to us about the facets of our living. When I was in my uh, late 20s, early 30s, I went through a season, season of depression that I've talked about and, and will come back to from, from time to time. In the midst of that, on a particularly terrible day, I was praying, and very seldom do I feel um, an urge while I am praying to get up and do something else, but I knew that God was telling me that I really needed to be doing more than I was, and I needed to get up and go to the library, and I needed to, to interact with ideas and I went and I found the the great time management guru Stephen Covey and there was a phrase in the book that he used that that's never left me when he talks about the whole life being a life that is dedicated to this idea that we are to live to love to learn and to leave a legacy I immediately was drawn to that because it, it ends up being the same fourfold description as we find in the gospel. Loving God with all of our heart, our emotional life to love. Loving the Lord with all of our soul, our spiritual life. Loving the Lord with all of our mind, the intellectual powers that we can muster. Loving the Lord with all of our strength our physical bodies, live, love, learn, leave a legacy. 
And so today I want to, to invite you to see life from these four different directions and to recognize, to recognize that each of these is in its own way operational in my life and in yours. To live. This physical body that we have is a body that wears out. We don't treat it particularly well. I had a big plate of pork barbecue in North Carolina day before yesterday. Um, I also occasionally have a, a bit of gout. Uh, it was worth it. It was great pork barbecue, but I'm not going to be running this week. So the question becomes, how is it that we, to live, to love the Lord with, with all of our strength, how is it that our bodies glorify God? Well, for some of us, it means we need to take better care of ourselves. For some of us, it means that we need to eat with a little bit more intentionality than we have in the last two weeks. I can tell you from my experience in the last two weeks, it is possible to survive on cakes, cookies, and fudge. But if I am to love the Lord with all my strength, I've got to realize that there's, there's more to it than the enjoyment of chocolate fudge, peanut butter fudge, white chocolate peanut butter fudge. <laughs> we laugh, as we should. But what does it mean for you to love God with your physical being? What could you do if you took better care of yourself? How could you love your neighbor in ways that are different if, if you were stronger, if you felt more like yourself? How would life be different if you took better care of yourself at the end of the day when you get home and you are less frustrated with those around you? How would your life be different if you loved God with all of your strength? And what about your spiritual life? It's only January 5th, and I'm already one day behind in my yearly readings. That's okay, I'm 53 weeks behind in 2018's readings. But I am finishing them at the same time that I've already gotten behind one day in 2020. But maybe loving God with all our soul, with all of our spiritual energy means that even though no magic happened between December 31st and January 1st, we nonetheless see that as a moment with which we can at least try to start again. We nonetheless capture the possibility that loving God with all of our soul means that we get into a rhythm that we've not accepted and submitted to previously. It might mean reading and prayer, attending church more regularly, coming on Wednesday evening. It might mean finding a spiritual mentor who will ask you the hard questions. What does it mean for you to love the Lord your God with all your soul? And how about learning, loving God with all of your mind. What does it mean to learn something new every day? I learned something new yesterday on the drive back from North Carolina. Apparently, 
there was there was a contest in in uh, the United Kingdom to name a ship. They were hoping for some sort of dignified name, and uh, they had agreed to name the ship uh, based upon internet voting. And Her Majesty's ship is now named Bodie McBoatface. <laughs> Loving the Lord with all your mind. Uh, learning something new every day. Learning something new, a way to see the world that is, that is different. L- learning things that might cause you to roll your eyes or cause you to absolutely love the moment when suddenly what you did not understand becomes understandable. What you did not know becomes known. Loving the Lord with all your heart. Our emotions move back and forth. And we are susceptible to all sorts of things that cause us not to be at our emotional best. I decided a long time ago, though, that that I was going to take advantage of, of the ways that I could be healthy physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. I decided a long time ago that if I would see a doctor for my heart, there's no shame in seeing a doctor for my brain. I decided a long time ago that whatever was necessary for, for me to be as healthy a person as, as I could be. I at least wanted a good faith effort at that. And so our emotions that rise and fall, the times when we feel up or, or down, the times, that, the times that come easy for us in those, those difficult times. And holidays can be difficult times, especially for those who've lost loved ones and especially those first holidays following such laws. God's called us, though, to a whole life, to loving God with heart, soul, mind, and strength, to, in the words of Stephen Covey, to, to live, to love, to learn, to leave a legacy. And Folks, something happens. Something happens when we face the world as whole people. Something happens when we are committed to loving God and loving others. Something happens when we seek to live, to love, to learn, to leave a legacy. What is one thing that you can do to be a more whole person in the seven days ahead? What is one decision that you could make that would help you live, love, learn, leave a legacy? Maybe it's calling a doctor, a call you've been putting off for a while. Maybe it's calling a friend with whom you have had a fractured relationship. Maybe it is turning off the television and getting out your devotional book again. Maybe it's putting away the sweets and starting to be a little more healthy. Maybe it is getting out in this unseasonably warm December and January, walking or running. Maybe it's coming before God and saying, forgive me, I have sinned. Without your grace, I am nothing. I want you to think this week of what that one thing might be. 
the best decision, the best move that you could make to allow this whole life to flow into your heart, into your family, into your friendships. And I invite you today, as you receive the grace of God through communion, to commit to doing that one thing. It's different for you than it is for me. But I suspect that each of us, each of us has something that comes to mind that if we would just follow through, would make a remarkable difference in how 2020 unfolds. Jesus invites us not just to live, but to abundant life. Will you receive that abundant life today? And will you find the grace of God here in this sacrament that we celebrate with one another?